0: And what we want to do today as a church is I want to go on ahead and just take you through the final hours of Jesus Christ here on earth before he goes to the cross. So if you would allow me to, I would like to go on ahead and and take you on a journey. On a journey, we're going to fast forward through this theme, but I want to take you. I want to take you from a place called the upper room to then the garden and then to the cross. So if you stay with me in this journey, we're going to take a look. We're going to dive into the word of God. We're going to meditate. We're going to take communion as we look through these last few hours of Jesus Christ. And in between each stage, each act, Jason will go on ahead and just sing a a song, a worship song to get our hearts where it needs to be So right where you're at, if you could just stand up and just bow your heads as we get ready to pray. Father God, we come before you this evening, this Good Friday in which we remember what you did for us, God. Lord, we thank you that we can be gathered here today, Lord, churches all over the city, the this state, this, this country, the world, Father God, getting together under one roof, Father God, and just remembering what it is that you did, Lord. Paying a debt. us that we were never able to pay ourselves. And so, Father God, we pray, Lord, that as we come before you as a church here, Lord, those who are watching us online, Father God, I pray, Lord, that we would put all distractions to the side, Lord, that we would truly, truly meditate on your word today, Father God, Lord, and that Lord, we pray, Lord, that that we would have our hearts open to receive whatever it is that you want to Feed us today, God. May our hearts be like that soil that is good, Lord, ready to receive the seeds, Lord, that you, your word is going to plant into our hearts. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you. We thank you. We love you, Father God. And we will worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: To the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing And on in my Savior Both bruised and crushed Showed that God is love God is just. At the cross, you beckon me, draw me gently to my knees, and I am lost for words, so lost in love, I am sweetly broken, wholly surrendered. gift what a priceless gift undeserved life have I been given through Christ crucified you called me out of death you called me into life. I was under your wrath Now through the cross I'm reconciled At the cross You birthed me Draw me gently To my knees And I am lost for words So lost in love I'm sweetly broke Beckon me, draw me gently to my knees and I am lost for words so lost in love I'm sweetly broken, holy surrender. I'm in all of the cross I must confess. wondrous your redeeming love and how great your faithfulness at the cross you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and i am lost for words so lost in love i'm sweetly broken holy surrender Cross you, beckon me, so draw me gently to my knees, and I am lost for words. So lost in love, I'm sweetly broken. cross at the cross you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and i am lost for words so lost in love i'm sweetly broken holy surrender
0: Do like the Catholic Church today. There's going to be a lot of standing up and sitting down. Just... The Passover was the most sacred feast of the Jewish religious year. They remembered the final plague that happened there in Egypt. If you're familiar with the story, you know what happened. The firstborn of the Egyptians. Because Pharaoh's stubbornness, refusal to uh, release the Israelites, died. But the Israelites, they were spared, and if you remember why, you remember that they were told, God went out ahead and kind of told them, listen, uh, the blood, they had to take this lamb, and they sacrificed this lamb, and the blood of the lamb was to be <clears throat> sprinkled on their doorposts. By the blood being sprinkled on the doorpost, the, the angel of death began to make its way through the town. And every time the angel of death looked and saw that there was blood that was kind of sprinkled or uh, placed there above the doorpost, that the angel of death knew, hey, this is a house of people that belong to God. So I'm not going to touch it. Because of that, because the angel of death passed over those those homes. God's command was that through the generations to come that the people would would tell their, 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 their children and grandchildren and generations and generations and generations. And so this time would come each year where they would celebrate and they would remember this event. And this is where we pick up the story today. going to be focusing in the area that's called the upper room at this moment. You see, Jesus and his disciples now are having a conversation. It is the day of of, of the Passover where they're they're going to have that meal and they're trying to figure out, all right, where is it that we're going to have this meal? Jesus tells some of his disciples, you know what, go ahead and, and, and find a spot. This would be the last meal that they would actually have together before the crucifixion Jesus Christ. This meal is known by many as the Last Supper. We see pictures, paintings of it. So before we dive into this passage and we find ourselves in that upper room, I want you to be focused in this upper room. If you're online and you're watching us, then we're going to take communion in a little bit. So if you want to join us, go into your kitchen, grab some bread, some juice, whatever it is, and, and let's partake in this together. If you're here and you uh, should have received the communion cup, if you didn't, we do have some in the back. I just want you to begin to prepare for that before we begin. But let me take you to the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 17. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up, uh, or we'll have them up on the screen. And we we see this conversation that is beginning to take place. Verse 14, actually, of Luke chapter 22 says Take this and divide it among you. He's taking the bread right there in front of him. He's breaking it in pieces and he's saying, "Take this bread and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes." And he took bread, he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, "This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance" Of me. This is where we get the Holy Communion of where we take it together as a church. At this moment, Jesus is the, displaying what we call at the, the Holy Communion today. He takes the bread and he, he begins to break it and he begins to give thanks to God. He says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, Jesus was saying, hey, when, when you get together for a meal after today, I want you to remember all that you are about to see me go through. Whenever you get together and break of this bread, I want you to look at the way you're breaking that bread because you're about to see my body broken. Think of how you are going to see everything that I am going to go through. Think about how they're going to take me and they're going to put a crown of thorns on my forehead. Think about them whipping me. I want you to think about when you break this bread, my body being scourged there. I want you to think about uh, when you take this bread and you break it, I want you to think of of my, my, my body just opened up with wounds and I'm I'm bleeding. I want you to think about this and I'm getting a little graphic because we have to understand the depth of what it is that Jesus went through and what he was trying to say when he was saying take this bread and break it. Jesus is telling us today as as we get ready normally we do the communion at the end of service but we're going to do it in the beginning. As we prepare to participate in the Holy Communion Jesus is telling us when you do this There's no difference. Remember what it is that my body went through. Remember what it is that I went through for you. Verse 20, it says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Church, this was a big deal jesus was saying right here to the disciples was a big deal jesus is saying that what's in the cup signifies his blood being a new covenant you see because the old covenant was a strict obedience to the mosaic law the old covenant was a set of rules that had to be followed and not just partially it was a set of rules that had to be followed completely we talked about that last few weeks Because the law said that without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sin. You see, at that time, they had to do daily sacrifices in order to atone for the sins of the people. You see, that was the old law. And then Jesus comes and says, no, this blood that I'm about to shed, what the blood in in, in this cup, the, the, the wine in this cup, what it signifies is the blood that is going to be the new covenant as Jesus says that he did not come here to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. He says, I have come now. That you, there had to be, an animal had to be sacrificed for the atonement of your sins. I'm about to be sacrificed, and this atonement that is about to happen is going to happen for you once and for all. The shedding of my blood will pay the price for the old, that the old law required, and now my blood will signify this new covenant. So when Jesus says, drink of this cup, Jesus is telling his disciples what he's telling us today here on this Good Friday. Every time that we do this, he's telling us to, 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 to remember this new covenant. The under, that under this new law, we would be given the opportunity, church, the opportunity to receive salvation as a free gift. Jesus wants us to remember as we drink of this cup, a promise that God made with humanity that He would forgive us of our sins. Someone say hallelujah to that. And that He would restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned towards Him. You see, this is what Jesus wanted to make sure that we would remember. And so, would you do that with me today? As we get ready, you can grab your cups. Would you remember? the sacrifice of what Jesus encountered. As we get ready, as you take of this bread, there's really no ripping of this wafer, but what you can do is when you bite on it, I want you to think of the body of Christ being crushed. Crushed for you. Crushed for our sins. Crushed for our shortcomings. Take of the bread. And now as you have the cup here in your hands, as you get ready to drink of this cup, remember, as Jesus says, remember, That is signified, a new covenant that is signified that by the blood that was shed on the cross. We can now, we open our hearts towards the Lord. We can now be righteous before the holy God. Before you take up this cup, just right where you're at, give thanks to God. Speak to him right where you're at. Give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you did for us. Thank you because we know it was not easy, and we're, we're going to get more in-depth with that today. But we thank you. And we remember this meal that you had in the upper room with your disciples. And we take the call that you made to them. And We want to honor that today as we remember. stand as we worship.
1: Man of sorrow. The sin. Dude. salvation. to thee
0: you may be seated So once the supper was done Jesus and the disciples are about to leave. The upper room, Judas goes on ahead and heads out his own way. As you know, the story, he would go on ahead and he would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And eventually, in a little while, Judas would go on ahead and lead the officials to where Jesus would be at. And then, Jesus turns over and he looks at his other beloved, Peter. And he tells Peter, hey, Peter, you know what? Before this night is over, you're going to betray me. Before this night is over, you're going to betray me, not once, not twice, but, but three times. Now, I want you to imagine with me for a moment, since we're still here in this upper room, and I want us to just kind of focus in. Imagine with me for a moment the emotions that Jesus Christ must have been feeling at this moment. Sometimes we kind of just breathe past this part. Remember, as Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man at the same time. I could only imagine that Jesus is, is going through all these emotions. He's, he, he's dealing with betrayal because he knows that Judas is about to betray him. He's dealing now with with, with with the denial of one of his good, faithful brothers that he loved. He's about to deny him three times. These these two things are things that were about to be done to him by people that he loved. Someone that pour out his time, his, his sweat, his tears, did ministry with these brothers. And these two guys that were in his inner circle are doing this to him. People who he did life with. I could only imagine that maybe in the back of his head he's saying, well, man, this is what people who I love are doing to me. I I could only imagine what the people that despise me are going to do to me in a few hours once they get their hands on me. Imagine with me the emotions that Jesus must have been going through. He's starting to, to feel them. Some of us we get all bent out of shape when someone just looks at us the wrong way he's beginning to feel all these emotions of the reality of what's about to happen to him so he goes on ahead and he tells his disciples hey listen let's go to the garden let's go to the to the garden of Gethsemane and, and, and because I need to go and be away for a little bit He goes with his disciples and he tells them, hey, listen, wait right here for for a moment, can you? Because I need to go speak to my father. Wait right here with me for a little bit because I got to go speak to my daddy because I'm not feeling good right now. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, I take you to the garden. He tells his disciples this. Verse 26. Chapter 26, verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed, everyone say overwhelmed, with sorrow to the point of death. Listen to this. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You hear these words? These are the words and the heart of your Savior at this very moment. Jesus Christ, his soul was crushed. He says, I've got to go speak to my dad. I've got to go speak to my father. And this is a great example for us. Because he showed us the, the example of what it is that we ought to do when we are overwhelmed. Because Jesus, knowing what's about to happen to him, could have ran. Jesus could have just gone out ahead and ran somewhere and just crippled up with fear. Jesus could have just said, hey, it's going to happen to me anyways, so let me just stay here and let Judas get here with the, with the Roman officials and let them take me. Jesus could have been letting his disciples have it. Man, I poured three years of my life into you guys, and this is how you repay me? But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do any of these things. The Bible says he went to speak to his Father. He went to pray. It just makes me think of a question. As we are remembering this time in the life of Jesus, what do you do? When you are overwhelmed. What do we do when we're overwhelmed? When life is hectic, when life is going crazy, when it seems like there's one storm after another. What do we do? Do we do we turn to drugs, some of us? Because maybe that'll take the that'll take the edge off? Do we go on ahead and, and, and turn to alcohol? Because at least for a little bit, you know, we'll forget about everything. Do we go on ahead and say, man, I need to clear my mind, so let me go on ahead and binge watch the newest show because at least my mind will be apart from my problems? Do we go on ahead and say, man, life is so crazy right now, so let me go on ahead and indulge in this adulterous relationship. Let me go on ahead and indulge in fornication. What is it that you do when you are overwhelmed? Because Jesus went to be with his Father. And that's a beautiful example of what we need to do. When we're overwhelmed, sometimes the last thing we think about is going to the Father. We're trying to figure out, how do we get out of this mess? We need to run to our Heavenly Father. Go to Jesus in our mess when we're overwhelmed and just pour out our heart to Him just the way we're about to see Jesus pour His heart out to the Father. I know some of you here today Your spirit may be grieved. You might be watching us online. Your spirit may be grieved. Your spirit may be crushed for one reason or another, and you're just overwhelmed. Let's look at verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup Be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You see this? With all the grief in his heart, he goes to God. And what does he do? He has an honest conversation. Listen, don't be afraid to have an honest conversation with God because you're not going to tell him something he doesn't already know. If anything... You being honest is really more therapy for you because you're just kind of letting it out. He has a conversation with God just like he wants you to have with him today. And he says, he says, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. I, I'm assuming that you guys uh, know really what this is. But if you're watching us online or if you're sitting here, maybe you don't know. What, what was this cup? What was this cup that Jesus was talking about, the cup that Jesus was referring to is the suffering that he was about to endure. It's as if Jesus was being handed a cup that was filled with bitterness and all the expectations to go on ahead and drink it all. And so he petitions to his father, Father, may this cup be taken from me. Some of us say, man, but if he was Jesus, if he was God, why is he saying, God, take, you know, take this from me? He's fully God and fully human at this point. He expresses, if we're looking at this, if we're being honest, he expresses the natural human desire to do what? To avoid pain and suffering. Who here wants to feel pain and suffering? If I told you in about 20 minutes you're going to feel pain and suffering, you would tell me, well, what do I got to do or what's going to happen so that I, I could avoid it? Though his human nature still perfect, he still struggled to accept the torture and the shame that awaited him at that moment. In praying, let this cup pass from me, Jesus was battling the flesh and his desires for self-preservation and for comfort. And just like Jesus, church, we pray to God for him to answer our prayer. We pray sometimes, hey, God, you know, let your will be done in my life. God, please answer this prayer. God, please help me do this. God, help me accomplish this. But please, uh, you know, if you're going to do the will thing, your will thing, can you please allow it to be with as little, the smallest amount of pain as possible? If you're going to break me, can you just kind of like just maybe take a little chip off me, not break me completely? Jesus knows what this means for me. The struggle was intense. Jesus knew what was to come. The agony was not going to just be physical, but it was going to be emotional, and it was also going to be spiritual. Jesus knew that as he prayed that prayer for the cup to pass him, he knows deep down in his heart what God's will was. God's will at that moment was to crush him and to allow him to be pierced. Why? For your transgressions. For our transgressions. It was to allow him to be wounded. His will was to allow him to be wounded for the healing, for your healing, for my healing, from this disease called sin. Jesus loved mankind but his humanity dreaded the pain and suffering that he was going to face and it drove him to ask can you let this cup pass from me but then jesus says something key which you already heard me read he says yet not as i will but as you will. in verse 42 he says he went away a second time and he prayed my father If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Go to him for uh, for a second time. If it's not possible, if it's not possible, if you're not going to send down the angels to rescue me, to kind of do this in a different way, you see how I poured out my life. You see how I have been obedient to you, Father. You see how the world has treated me. Can we do this another way? But if it's not possible, then your will be done. Then let it be, Father, the way you say it must be done. And I think that this is amazing. This is incredible. Knowing everything that's going to happen to him, Jesus was still committed to the will of his Father. Even though he knew what was going to happen, Jesus was still obedient to the will of his Father. The prayer of the righteous is always dependent on the will of God. And there in the garden, you know what Jesus did? Jesus conquered the flesh. He kept it in subjection to the spirit. You know how he did it? He, He did it through the earnest prayer, an intense willful submission of the will of God. And church, I want you to listen up to this. It's good to know that when we face trials, that's why I always say, man, Jesus is my role model. You know, in the beginning, before I got into really knowing him, you know, it was Jordan and all, whatever else that we saw as kids. But the more and more I knew about Jesus and what he did, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve all of these things that just made me just adore him even more. And he shows us here that when we face trials ourselves, Jesus knows what it's like. When we're hurting and overwhelmed, Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus knows what it's like to want God's will. He also knows what it's like to not want. He knows what it's like to act out of love and yet dread the hurt that often results when you lay your heart out out there in the line. A lot of us, we we don't want to. We're careful with how we love because we don't want to get hurt happened to all of us we've been hurt we've given we've supported we've given the shirts off our back and only to sometimes just be mistreated by the same people that we've shown that to he knows what it's like to desire righteousness and obedience even when the flesh is fighting against it. And this conflict is it's not sinful it's human Our Savior was fully human, and in order for him to become a merciful and faithful high priest, as the Bible showed, in in service of God, he went through what he had to go through. And I believe, church, as I look at this and as I meditate and as I read this and pray through this, I believe that there is a bridge in each and every single one of our hearts that has to be crossed. There is a bridge in each and every single one of your hearts That has to be crossed. And you know what? Let me explain to you. On one side of that bridge is your will. On one side of that bridge is your will. All that you want. All that you desire. The finances that you want. The the homes that you want. The cars that you want. Vacations that you want. All these things that you want, all these things that you desire, your two-year plan, your three-year plan, your five-year plan, all of these things are on that side of the bridge, under your will. And on the other side of that bridge is the will of God. And in order to cross that bridge, church, in order to cross that bridge from your will to his will, and something has got to motivate. Something has to push you. Something has to push you to say, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Because I've been hanging on this side of the bridge far too long. And it's only got me tired. It's got me exhausted. It's got me overworked. It's gotten me short-tempered. I believe that there's an honest conversation that you need to have with Jesus Christ today. Right as we. Get ready to sing this next worship song. I want you to, when you stand up and you close your eyes, I want you to just meditate on that bridge. Where are you? Where are you in that bridge? Are you hanging out on your, on your will side? Are you in the middle of that bridge? Are you fully subjective to the will of God? I want you to ask God to allow you to analyze your heart, and I want you to check your heart out at, or check your will out at the door. And I want you to begin to move forward towards the will of God. I want you to go on ahead and ask God, God, forgive me for putting all of these things above your will. You can stand up where you're, right where you're at. Just close your eyes right there before Jason starts. If you need to go before God, he said, God, forgive me for putting my wants and desires above your will. Then do it. Do it. God may want you to have some of those things that you're hanging out onto, but it's, it's in his time, it's in his way, it's in his order, not on yours. What is it going to take for you? For Jesus, it took sacrificing his life. So go before God right there and begin to meditate, speak to him, or check my heart. Where am I? If I got to seek forgiveness, forgive me. If I'm already crossing that bridge and I'm already towards the will of the Father, God, give me the strength that I need to remain in your will. And even though things are not easy, even though things are difficult, even though the finances are tight, even though relationships may not be as good. But, Father, I am trying to remain in your will. Give me the strength to do so. Begin to have the conversation.
1: Without your goodness, I would be desperate. Without your love, slave to the darkness, if it wasn't for your blood in by my free the power of sin is overcome it is finished it is done by your stripes I'm healed. by your death I live the power of sin is overcome it is finished hallelujah thank you Jesus I was a prisoner now With your blood you by my freedom, oh, hallelujah, for the cross, oh, hallelujah, for the cross.
0: be seated as we go through this last stage. After that prayer, Jesus prays. Jesus would eventually be handed over to the officials. He would be betrayed, he would be tried, and he would be sentenced to death by way of crucifixion. And in Mark chapter 15, we we see a picture of of what exactly happened next. And so now, if you would allow me to, let me take you from the garden to the cross. In Mark chapter 15, verse 16, it says as follows. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, Then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff, and they spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his his own clothes on. Then they led him out to crucify him. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it. And they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. And verse 26 says, The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? You see, in those those awful moments, as evil men were allowed to do, I say allowed because it was only because God allowed it to happen. They were allowed to do whatever it is that they wanted to do to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, listen to this, at his darkest, darkest moments, our Lord and Savior is beginning to express feelings of somewhat of abandonment. At that moment, what what was happening was that God was placing the sins of the world on his son. At that moment, God was placing the sins of the world, the sins that you would go through, the sins that were that, that, that people were struggling with. He's placing them on His Son. You remember that the whole sacrificial lamb that in which they would get and do this atonement of sins. Jesus, for a moment, felt the desolation of being unconscious of the uh, of being unconscious of His Father's presence. It was at that time in which his father God made him who had no sin to be sin for you and for me, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. At that moment, see, our God is a holy God, our God is a perfect God. And at that moment, the sin is placed on him, the sin was the separation separation from God. So for that moment, Jesus is feeling that, wait a minute, what I've been feeling for, for, for my time, my whole existence here, I've been feeling this connection to you and right now I am not feeling that. Through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross though, a beautiful thing, the thing that ought to have us rejoicing is that now we would be made righteous. Because the shedding of blood had to happen. Once and for all, this was the price that he had to pay to redeem his church. Sin goes on him. He dies. The blood sheds. And now we have the forgiveness of sins that forever, ever we have. All who would believe in him, he paid it all on the cross. Jesus, in his humanity, surrenders his will to the Father in order to finish that task in which he came into this world for. He says, let your will be done. We're doing it. This is it. As I look at this, I just think, man, no one, no one should have to endure the punishment that Jesus No one should be treated the way Jesus was treated, the way he was mocked, the way they spat at him, the way they hit him, the way they they did all of these things. No one, no one. But he loved you so much that he did. He allowed himself to be treated this way and to fulfill the purpose of God so that we could be sitting here today redeemed before a holy, perfect God. In Mark chapter 15, verse 37, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the son of God. It's done. It is finished, in some translations. And the mic drop was the trembling. The mic drop was the the veil being torn in the temple. The mic mic drop was it getting cloudy and, 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 and all of this stuff. Our story concludes here, church, a story in which we ought to remember on a day like today, from the upper room to the garden and to the cross, to the end of his life, up into that moment, that terrible Friday was a good Friday because of the sacrifice that was a terrible Friday was a good Friday because without that terrible Friday we would be we'd be doomed damned for total condemnation. It was a good Friday because it led to the resurrection of Jesus Christ in 3 days after that on the 3rd day and his victory over death and sin. It was a good Friday because it led to our Easter celebration. And the reality is this church you've heard said maybe many times before, there's no such thing as a testimony without a test. There's no such thing as a resurrection without a death. There's no such thing as Easter without Good Friday. With this, we'll close, church. Good Friday is one message for two different audiences. The first one is for the believer. For for those of you here today who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Good Friday is a remembrance of what it is that Jesus did for us. Good Friday is to tell you that there is nothing, listen, there is nothing that you will ever go through that Jesus Christ didn't already go through. There's no pain that you are going through or will go through that Jesus didn't go through. That's why I love him so much. He, he, he doesn't expect anything from us that he didn't do himself. What a great leader. There's no emotion that you can go through that Jesus didn't go through. Just read the Gospels. He went through them all. The message to us, the believer, on a date like Good Friday is to remember that no matter what it is that we are going through, no matter what the hardships may be, no matter what the adversity may be, you continue to move forward and don't stop. Continue to place your faith in Jesus Christ. Look towards your role model who is Jesus, who carried that cross up and through all of the adversities, through the whippings, through the yelling, all of this, through the pain, through the, through the, through the losing of blood. He didn't stop because there was something that had to be done. And so he gives us that same message don't stop. With every step that you take, church, Good Friday is a reminder for you to become more and more like him. Remember when he says to pick up your cross, to die to yourself, and to follow him? He laid out the blueprint of how that had to be done. There's no excuses. Too tired. Oh, but they—they—they they, they, they don't like me. Oh, but they did this or oh, whatever the case is. There's no excuses, man. Jesus showed you that at the cross. He had every reason. He had every reason not to finish the job. For people that, man, the way we say it in Spanish, you know, malagradecidos. But he did it. Take up your cross, church. Die to yourself. Die. Cross that bridge. Say bye bye to yourself, to to your self will, and go towards the will of the Father. Follow Him. It won't be easy. He shows you that. As a matter of fact, before He even goes to that, He tells people, listen, in this world, you will have trouble. You follow me, it's not going to be easy. The second message is to the non believer. If you're watching us online, maybe you just. This or someone has shared this, and you're watching this. Listen, Good Friday is to show you how much Jesus loves you. As the Bible says that even though you were still a sinner, even though we were still sinners, what did what did He do? He died for us. Even though we were still sinners, even though we were still lost, even though we, like we talked about last Sunday in that far country, like the prodigal son, He still died for us. As long as there's breath in our, in our lungs, he's trying to tell you, listen, you can still come. You can still come home. He did it all for you and now wants to start a relationship with you. I'm going to ask that you rise to your feet. Just close your eyes and meditate as we get ready to close here today on this Good Friday. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're the, the, the non-believer. Maybe, like I said, you're watching this online or you're, even you might be here today. And, and just, be, just know that Christ loves you. That before you knew him, he knew you. That he paid a price, that he did what no one else would do. I mean, think about that. Who else would just give their life? someone that they don't know. But he knows you. He knows your name. He knows every hair that's in your forehead. He's known you since before you were even uh, woven together in your mother's womb. He's had a plan for you. He's has a destiny for you. He has a will for you. A day like today he helps us remember what it is that he did. And it ought to kind of give us the the oomph that we need to continue to move forward in life, to continue to strive to be like Him, to continue to strive to be in His will, to continue to to, to further advance the kingdom, to be better, to be better husbands, to be better fathers and and mothers, to, to be better brothers and sisters. Father God, we come before you right now, we thank you. We honor you, Father God, this, this, this evening. And, Lord, right now, before we conclude, Lord Jesus, we're going to sing this song here together, Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that your church would just open up their hearts to you, God. They would open up their hearts to you, Father Lord Jesus, and they would remember you, Father God. Lord. Because if we could remember what it is that you did for us, God, at all. Father, give us, Father God, the strength that we need. Give us, Father, the encouragement that we need, the motivation that we need, Father God, Lord Jesus, to one day, one day when we are at the end of our road, Lord, that we can say, God, it is finished in my life. What you called for me to do, the will that you gave me to do, it is done. We've accomplished it. Thank you, Lord. Before we conclude, let us just worship one last time. And feel free, listen, the altar is open if you want to come up and worship the Lord. If you want to come to the altar and, and, and speak to God, it's open. You can do whatever it is that you'd like to do at this moment. Are you
1: hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is called. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason. Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar Blood of Jesus Christ.
0: Father, we come before you and we just once again thank you. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to come together on a day like today and to remember to meditate to be grateful for what happened on a day like today thank you for paying the price thank you for giving your life thank you for allowing a path a path in which was broken in the beginning thank you for becoming that bridge in which now us imperfect people can go and have access to a perfect holy god lord let us remember let us be reminded of this not just today but every single day that we have breath in our lungs no matter where it is that we go father allow us to remember who it is that we are that we are your children We are your sons and we are your daughters, that we ought to be a reflection of who it is that you are, of who it is that you stand for, God. Let us be reminded, as Jesus told us, to be the light of this world, to be the salt of this earth. Lord, you did not call us to blend in, but you've called us to stand out, Father God. May we do that with your strength and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, as we get ready to dismiss today, I pray for traveling mercy for each and every person. Lord, that you would be with us and allow us to get home safely, Lord, until we can return again, Father God, on Sunday to celebrate your resurrection. Church, as we get ready to dismiss, I leave you with this blessing that we find in the Old Testament. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you all peace. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, the church of God says, Amen. amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Grab some invitation cards out. Invite some people to Easter Sunday. And don't forget, come early if you want to have some coffee and pastries. Or you can't guarantee they'll be here too long.